bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hello everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and this is a very fluey edition of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to talk about Top Gun Maverick with my pal and partner, Zan. Call sign Jester, thank you very oh, much. Oh, that's very badass. I probably have a very not cool call sign. Well, you already said to me the other day your call sign would be Cormorant after the aquatic bird. Yeah, but that's like a really dorky thing to admit. I should have some self-deprecating humour here right now. Like, oh, I think my call sign would be like cheese wheel. <laughs> or if a guy's call dumpling. sign can literally if a guy's call sign can literally be Bob, I think we can get away with it. Yeah. With cheese wheel. Yeah, um we saw Top Gun Maverick. Zan dragged my fluey ass all the way to the Metro Center on Saturday. <laughs> Not in IMAX, because they're renovating the IMAX screen at all. At, at, at the most inconvenient time, really, for, yeah. for this. Yeah, for those who don't know, in, in the Northeast, we have, like, two IMAXs. And one is at the Gateshead Metro Center, and, and the other one is at Silverlink, I think it is. Um, and literally, for the most IMAX-y movie you could possibly have, there was like, nah, refurbishing it, mate. Um, so that was annoying. But... It was a great old time to watch Top Gun Maverick, a movie that I have been looking forward to immensely since that first trailer came out in, like, 2019, despite the fact that I hate the first movie. I haven't even seen the first movie because I know that people don't rate it very highly. Some people do, and and to me, it's just an overproduced uh, 80s music video. You know how many... You, 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 if you've not seen Top Gun, you're probably like, oh, yeah, Kenny Loggins, Highway to the Danger Zone, what a track. Ah, oh, take my breath away, banger! And then once you watch it, you're like, "Oh, they really, <laughs> they really got the, their money's worth out of these songs because they play that shit like so many times." And it's just basically Tom Cruise exchanging very creepy uh, glances with with Kelly McGinnis. And this is before like self actualized Tom Cruise as well. So he's trying to portray a human, and it does not work at all. Um, Val Kilmer's Iceman is a much more compelling character in that movie, and this is coming from a self-professed Val Kilmer stan, but at the same time, like, you know, it's one of those movies where if you were going to try and win people around the idea of Tom Cruise being, like, an awesome movie star, you would not do Top Gun. Now, looking at the theme of this being dad movies, the original Top Gun is very dad movie-esque. I imagine many dads were in their youth when they watched it. And it's been quite interesting seeing the success of Top Gun Maverick in not only a relation to kind of its saving cinema, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, in depth <laughs> in the podcast, but also just as a continuation of a, of a dad movie. You know, all the reviews I've seen on Letterboxd, a lot of them are calling it a dad movie, and I feel like it covers all the, the traits in, in various ways. So it, we're changing up the format slightly by watching a, a brand new release, but I feel like this movie, in a way, is so important to talk about, also because it's just a very good time yeah yeah no totally and it does it does have a lot of good dad movie vibes you know um i tweeted the other day when i was ill being like hey people recommend me just some some old like, whenever i'm ill and when i'm even when i'm well but even when i'm particularly when i'm ill i will just gravitate to watching like um old westerns and old war movies and people did not give me good recommendations i have to say last week i was like i need to watch some some old westerns and some war movies and the recommendations i got back is like 
What do you guys take me for? Some some non-war movie enjoyer? I can't believe you're roasting your followers. I'm gonna do it. This is what they come to they come to hear. But yeah, no, it it definitely it has that full dad movie vibe and and part of that is the military element, you know, uh dads love a good a good cool slice flag. <laughs> cool slice of, of um I'm not going to say patriotismo American or anything like that. Pie, but, but in like, a nice patriotic way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's, look, as much as I might, you know, on the one hand, think of the original Top Gun as being like just awful kind of like... And, and Machismo. Then, it, well, it, propaganda it, as yes. well. And like, you know, it is basically one big advert to recruit for the US Air Force. At the same time, on my base instincts, I can just go, ha ha, jet look, look cool. Haha, ha, it's guys being dudes and they're cool and they're they're overcoming great odds. And the thing that always gravitates what what, what makes what's always drawn me towards war movies is uh sometimes when I was maybe little or maybe more susceptible to the idea of being like, Oh wow, being in the army is really cool. It's not. But the whole idea of, you know, people coming together and overcoming ex you know, ridiculous odds and and, and you know coming through to the other end and in regards to top gun specifically um you have that added element of putting people in the most ridiculous jet fighter aircraft you know the speeds these 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 fighter planes reach um is truly ridiculous and i just yeah the the, the it's just it's it's really good time i really enjoyed it <laughs> now can i get into the uh, letterbox description of the movie to set us to set for the okay cool uh, do you want do you want some um top gun theme music for that oh um i, I can blast out a, a good old kenny loggins yeah highway to the danger zone enough of that you're gonna just i can't i can't do that that's, yeah. that's... i'm just i'm just showing off because you're a fluey little boy yeah um so feel the need <laughs> the need for speed the need. <laughs> After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. I feel like that doesn't cover a lot of the movie's actual main plot, but um, essentially... uh... Top Gun Maverick follows Maverick, Tom Cruise's uh, titular character. Oh, there will be spoilers, by the way. So. Oh, uh, spoilers abound if you have not seen it. Uh, Pay allow if you yeah, don't want spoilers. I, I would highly recommend if you have not seen the movie, because we will discuss in-depth spoilers and why we love it so much, to go and see it in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Please experience it. It's moi, cinema. Um, so essentially, uh, Maverick, he's been a captain past that years and he's never wanted to progress because he claims he's quite happy at where he is but we all know actually it's because he's still really hung up about the death of his friend and co-pilot goose um and he's been known to be very reckless uh you know his branch is about to get shut down he deliberately takes a brand new aircraft to fly and annoy uh, ed harris's <laughs> character um, always love seeing him by the way it's always a great time when he when he comes in he plays <clears> the <throat> same person every single time in every movie he's in except the truman show which you watched for the first time recently yes um but he basically is always disobeying and they're always like god Iceman, your old pal who's now like really high up in in the navy keeps bailing you out um, and he gets requested by one Iceman, one Val Kilmer, who it's amazing to see him again in yeah, this movie. Yeah, really lovely. Um, he is requested to go back to Top Gun, 
um, to train a bunch of pilots to do a military mission to get rid of some uh, uranium nuclear weapons in an undisclosed country, which yeah. is never named. You can you can basically project whatever you whatever of America quote unquote America's enemies you want onto this. You know the the uranium enrichment facility makes it sound like Iran, but then when you actually get there, it's like the snow, snow, and it kind of looks like oh they're doing a North Korea thing here. But yeah, no, the the whole point is that it's like the the enemy is completely anonymous and that lends more of a propagandistic value to it because it's the idea of, like, you can project whatever you want to onto the enemy force. But, yeah, um, it's a cool premise because, yeah. There is more drama as well. We have Miles Teller playing the son of Goose, a rooster, very creatively uh, Kind named. of inaccurate that they didn't call him Gosling. Yeah, exactly. It should have been a whole dynasty. Um, but he has history with Maverick because Maverick um, and... Uh, Rooster's mother did not want him to continue in um, the Air Forces because of what happened to his dad. Um, And so Maverick deliberately held back his application. So Rooster's pretty bitter about Maverick. And also the whole... blames him for his his dad's death. Dad dying thing, yeah. Um, And so you have that tension going on. And there's this tension between all these... Uh, top pilots within the within this new group of people. You have a hangman because he always leaves his friends out to dry. Uh, you've got payback, fanboy, um, Phoenix, Bob, the best name. Bob was was great. I love Bob. <laughs> love Bob very much. And they're all fighting for their place to get into the six man team that will basically go on this suicide mission. And you've got Maverick who is reluctantly training them to get through it alive, much to the dismay of John Hamm playing. Um, I'd say a very typical, not interesting military archetype character um, who's kind of like, oh, you are not by the book, boo, boo, boo. Um, yet despite it all and despite the the traits and the tropes that I'm sure we could go into in depth that this movie has, in spite of all those those stereotypes and kind of movie plot, plot and uh, moments that you kind of expect coming, it is just filled with such joy and it's really, sincerity it really reframes not only maverick as a character but also tom cruise's career you have to consider when he first did top gun he was you know just making a name for himself he is now like renowned for his stunt work and there's a, a letterbox review it's the top rated one that talks about how it's kind of nice in a way to see tom cruise finally acknowledge his age um, <laughs> and I think it's very easy for us to talk about, you know, the spectacle of the movie, the stunt work, the cinematography, the the really great acting across the board. Um, as I already said, um, Tom Cruise is really good and I think quite an underrated actor. Miles Teller is always fantastic whenever I see him in. It's amazing to see Val Kilmer in a movie again uh, and acknowledge his throat cancer mm-hmm. um, in a quite sincere way. Um Regardless of, of, of all of that, I think you can't talk about this movie without talking about what it has done for cinema. And there's a very distinct moment in the movie uh, where when we went to see it, they just announced that morning that it was like breaking, you know, this year's box office records and kind of bringing people back into their butts into a, an actual movie screen. And there's a line in this movie where Ed Harris's character is talking to Tom Cruise about how, you know, people aren't going to be flying these jets anytime soon. It's, soon it'll be all machines. Um, your age is over. Soon you'll be on your way out or something to that effect. And in that moment, you can't help but think he's talking directly to Tom Cruise. Totally. As, as the era of streaming, because Tom Cruise, as we've discussed in depth, um, just personally, <coughs> yeah. is one of the last remaining big movies. Yeah, this is, this is this is an important thing because on a, it works on two levels, right? Because, you know, the, the, the way, you know, military technology is, is developing, you know, 
we've been talking about replacing fighter pilots with drones for, for I think, two decades now, and it is something that's going to happen. But I do think there is that added dimension of looking at, you know, Cruz's career and him being, like, you know, say what you will about him as a person. Like, you know, I, I totally get creepy vibes as well. But in terms of someone being an ambassador for film and cinema and the experience and, and you know, all that, um, he is he is incredible. And I feel like he is probably, like, you know, you think of, like, generations of, you know, Hollywood talent comes in generations and you get proper movie stars. You know, you think back to the 1940s, you think of, you like, your Jimmy Stewart's... Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart's, your Audrey Hepburn's. You get into the 60s, you've got your Clint Eastwood's, and in the 70s you get, you know, your, your Dustin Hoffman's and... And Robert, Robert did, Redford's and stuff. Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, we get the Cruises and, like, the Denzel Washingtons and then the Will Smiths in the 90s. And then I feel like over the last 10 years, we haven't really had that kind of... You know, we've had we've had emerging talent totally. And this isn't me, like, slighting, a, you know, new actors or whatever. But none of them have the uh, the kind of presence um the or, or investment i want to say or at least that, not yet uh, not yet the the, the the and that's understandable given that the careers aren't as far along but in terms of you know i think like in terms of it, tom cruise is a star you know and i feel like as we we kind of go further into the age of you know the mcu kind of like um, takeover yeah you know it, it, it's very much like factory assembled you know cinema and in that sense you could argue that oh, the stars aren't so much the appeal there anymore. It's the people are looking to see what'll come next in the big, you know, dumb tapestry that is the is the ongoing MCU phase. Whereas Tom Cruise, he is basically reasserting himself in, in, with this and basically going, no, people will come to a movie to see me because they know that they're going to get a few things with it. Obviously, there is the celebrity behind him as a person, but also he has a brand. And what I mean by that is that when you watch a Tom Cruise movie, you know you're going to get that that brilliant run, the iconic run. Which he has a couple in this movie. He has movie, a couple in this great. one. You know you're going to get genuine, actual stunts, and that lends his projects an extra layer of authenticity. Even if he himself may not be a very authentic person, I think he's realised now that he is much better as a vehicle for, you know, um, carrying... Like not not the main tenets of cinema, but you know what I'm, what I'm trying to say here. He's, he's a producer on a lot of his yeah. movies now. He's now a, he was a producer on this movie, and he's also a producer on the Mission Impossible movies. Which again, the trailer for the new one <sighs> it looks immaculate. <laughs> um, those movies, you'd think that those movies should not be as banging as they are, but the last one that came out for that was genuinely one of my favorite movies that came out this year because of just the complete an utter sincerity and dedication to it. And I think a lot of it is due to him having so much heavy involvement in it. Um, it's just really great to see people come and experience this this movie. Um, not only because you know it's bringing back the spectacle to the big screen, and that's not to say, of course, we talk about the stunt work a lot. There are some scenes in this movie where the jets are CGI. Not every single but thing. Very, is, very brief. It's you know. very, it's very hard to tell. I, I will say. Oh, I haven't even talked about Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh, oh God, <laughs> Bruckheimer's come back. Yeah, absolutely. Out the out the woodwork to. Yeah aviate eh, this movie to to higher platforms um so not even just from a stunt work aspect but there is i think he has this cruise i should say has this way of just appealing to many a generation he man's pushing 60 if not he's already 60 and it's just impressive to see what he's been able to do with a franchise that has not had a movie out in over 30 years and you know any other thing like this 
would have absolutely failed. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but you know, we have seen recent things of this idea of recalls and reboots legacy sequels. of movies. Yeah, legacy sequels. And you think like, well, what's a Top Gun movie going to do this long I'm, after it's come out? And it addresses stuff in a very interesting, gonna, if somewhat yeah. expected way. I'm going to throw this out there. It's like, I think people, when they think of like the best legacy sequels, they think of Mad Max, Fury Road, yes. Blade Runner 2049. I can't think of a bigger gulf in quality between an original film and its legacy sequel like this. Yes. You know, like I, I really do not think the first Top Gun is a good movie. And this is, you know, I, I like Tony... I, 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 Tony Scott as a filmmaker is someone I always found to be, like, hit or miss for me personally. You know, for every amazing Crimson Tide, there was always another movie that I just never really got on board with, like Top Gun. But yeah, I really do think that Top Gun Maverick, it kind of does... It, it channels the Scottisms of the first movie, but in a in a less vacuous way. And that isn't me saying that Tony Scott was a vacuous filmmaker. I think quite the opposite. But when I think of the original Top Gun, I think of just an overproduced MTV kind of, you know, music video. It, 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 there's a reason why Danger Zone and Take My Breath Away, like, you know, you, if you're ever going to throw on, like, MTV or, like, a VH1 or whatever music channel you can find, and they're doing a generic, you know, hit to the 80s or whatever... Um, you're guaranteed to get both of those tracks on at some point, and it very much felt like a commercial vehicle. Whereas with this, um, and I don't know what this says about the state of cinema as a whole right now, um, it just feels so much more authentic. It feels like a genuine movie. And production-wise, I think what really helps here is the way that they capture the speed and momentum of the actual fighter aircraft itself. Now, in the first Top Gun, there is some, co- there is a lot of cockpit action, Um but most of the actual dogfights themselves are really boring to watch. And there's no sense of momentum or speed to the F-14 Tomcats kind of, um, you know, clashing with these MiG fighters, or even during the actual, um, you know, the, the Top Gun scenes themselves, where they're doing their, their whole competition to, to graduate top of class. Um, whereas here, there is just, you feel as these uh, F-18 Hornets, as they're blitzing around, you feel every pull, yeah. every every vertical climb, every nosedive. Pushing every... 9 to 10 Gs oh when people my... are passing out. Yeah, and it, it, I think it just does a much better job of just showing how ridiculous these aircraft mm-hmm. are. And the fact that we can put a guy in, in these things and hurl them around at, you know, speeds upwards of a thousand kilometers per hour is ridiculous. And I feel like this showed that really well, like the... The actual actors, like, straining against the controls to, you know, like you said, when they're blacking out from the G-forces. Um, it's just, it felt so good to watch. And I think, you know, a lesser film would have relied on, on CGI or whatever. Whereas with this, you know, it, it felt it felt real. And I, I was, I, I, I think you mentioned when we were watching it, it felt kind of similar to Ford, Ford versus Ferrari yes, or Le Mans 66. That where you there's a real sense of momentum and i feel like if you're going to do an action movie about fast cars about fast planes about whatever that has a sense of speed it is vital that you capture that and i was just gripped i, I was like 
Oh, hold on to your butts. This is great. Yeah, you know that Tom Cruise isn't going to die. Spoilers, Maverick's fine by the end of this movie. (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought there was a brief moment where I thought they were going to do it. uh, When he crashes down after after the mission, yeah. But yeah, you mentioned Ford v Ferrari, and as someone who is not interested in anything techie or (laughs) um, driver-wise... Haha, cargo bird. Yeah, uh, that's a great example. Like, Ford v Ferrari slash Le Mans 66 really gripped me, um, James Mangold, I think, is a fantastic director. And I think similarly here, um, it really captures the action very well. Um, When we talk about how this movie just feels really authentic, um, in a weird way, it's almost in part due to how tropey the movie is. It's been a while since I've watched a movie where it's kind of, you predict everything that's going to happen, but you just don't care. You know, it's very obvious. You know, you've got Hangman's character... Um, who's kind of the the bratty show off? Like he's, he's like the really Iceman a- equivalent, and that's the other thing as well. Not to cut you off, but it is very. It's not iterative. It it, it retreads a lot of ground in terms Which of. Which I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, um, his character's constantly butting heads with a rooster. Miles Teller's character. You know, you've got the one female pilot who everyone's like, "Oh, look at you, the woman who's going to do great." You've got the really quiet one, Bob. Um, who <laughs> we love Bob. Bob. Love Bob. Love love that for him. Um, And you know that, you know, John Hamm's character is very kind of typical, kind of by the books, like doesn't like Maverick's recklessness, yet still lets him get away with everything because Val Kilmer Iceman's like, leave my friend alone. Um, You have this romance with Jennifer Connelly in the movie. I know you find Jennifer Connelly absolutely smoking in this. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) But um, you have her introduced as kind of an old flame of Maverick. And she's wonderful. She's so good. Like, there's not a single duff performance in this movie no um but with that you're kind of like oh you know they're gonna get together at the end mm-hmm. regardless of like the past history they have um so you have those kind of tropey elements and you kind of know you know maverick's gonna come back after he's been dismissed uh, to come back and prove them all wrong and he proves that by doing the the test pilot run in under the time limit that they're specified to prove the you know the new generals wrong um, but you also have a lot of callbacks to the original. You have a, a new beach scene, less body oil, but still very messy <laughs> nonetheless. Um, you have callbacks to the original movies. You have actual inserted clips from the original where Rooster's character is singing Great Balls of Fire on the piano and that makes Tom Cruise very sad because it reminds him of Goose. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening sequence is literally just Highway to the Danger Zone with a bunch of jets flying at off. At sunset, yeah. And in any other movie, those elements would make it feel, as you say, very derivative and just kind of, eh, look, it's the like the original. But the way it addresses the material and the way it, the movie flows, it's, it's just over two hours, but you don't feel it at all. It's a very quick movie ironically with the 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 subject matter but almost those tropey and cliche elements make it feel like a movie and the fact it's so feel good by the end of it we're just absolutely beaming by the time it ends i've not watched a mainstream movie in so long where it's you just feel so good about it yeah and you know i don't want to harp on like oh boo marvel superhero movies taking over cinema because you know i was gonna go in if you weren't you know i want you know we watched the bat we watched the batman earlier this year absolutely adore adore adored that um so you know it's not all the same but But i think definitely the mcu has fallen into kind of expectations of itself in kind of building its own hype and just not following through. Well, you know what it is as well? If we're going to talk about sentiment, well, not sentimentality, but like sincerity. Yes, I think I the, think that's the key. The, the Batman was a sincere movie. Yes. It, it wore its inspirations on its sleeve. Matt Reeves immersed himself in, in, the in the comics to, you know, create his own authentic Gotham in a fully realised world. What we have here is no snark. 
There is no snark. And when we look at some of the new, the newer Star Warses, even, you know, like, mm-hmm. if, I think a good comparison for Top Gun Maverick would be The Force Awakens, where mm-hmm. it's a case of both are legacy sequels that retread grand, ground from the originals. Um, but the actual three-act structure is completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas in The Force Awakens, you have the whole desert planet, then you have meeting allies, then you have take down the Cantina big... Cantina band. Yeah, then then take down, you know, the big, the big death ray. Um, with Top Gun Maverick, you know, it's completely different. I feel like that's maybe it's easier because, you know, Top Gun, the original Top Gun isn't a classic. But, you know, it, it does deviate where it matters. Um, and yeah, I just, I think, you know, we, we have so much snark on our screens at the minute where it's just kind of like, ha ha ha, isn't this dumb? It's just nice when a movie can be like, nah, we, we, we know, we, we are confident enough to sell you on this premise, on this plot and for you to get roped in by everything. I think a bit, a big, big shout out has to go out to the actors here because, and especially Miles Teller, who I thought was brilliant He's in this uh, yeah. and and the way they develop his relationship with Cruz it's just uh, Maverick Pete Mitchell in the first Top Gun is, is a very one-dimensional character but I feel like that it kind of works because he's meant to be a young hotshot and the death of Goose in the original movie is what matures him into basically realizing what's at stake when he gets into the cockpit of one of these ridiculous military vehicles. But does it though? Because he's never moved up in the ranks. He's never. But he's such a thrill seeker. But, he doesn't care but, if he dies. He does have that thrill seeking element. But the, the the delineation is that he goes into this mission determined that no one will die yes everyone every other young pilot in this movie is basically a young maverick everyone here is like ah yeah i'm a a hot shot for the navy i can do whatever i want and then and he he what he hammers home is no everyone in this room depends on everyone else in order to survive Mm -hmm. that is the first thing you need to realize because if you don't someone will die and he is just someone he's someone who's like gone through so many life experiences and has like seen this so while while he may be willing to risk his own well-being in a slightly self-destructive way maybe um his main priority here is is to is to keep everyone safe and not to not to see them as you know expendable assets or whatever he he realizes that everyone here is a is a human being and they need to be looked after and that's obviously why he's so protective over goose oh, sorry over rooster like much much like any dad movie he is very protective uh, of the young people take for the dad movie <laughs> that is that's true you do have you have mature mature actor who who kind of takes takes the young A boys un- role. under under their wing and you know i i really liked where they went with like despite the fact that i cannot get into the original top gun whatsoever i was fully invested in the arc that that maverick had with rooster uh, yeah. and you don't even need you know, I know what happens in the first movie, but I've not seen it. You can go into this movie having not seen the original oh, totally. Top Gun, and you can go in completely blind, and you'll still have a fantastic time. They do flashbacks; they explain certain things that happened and establish stuff. Um, again, a very well constructed movie in that you don't need prior knowledge of the original to just go in and have a good time with it. Yeah, no, totally, and that, that's also a good thing because I would not want to subject the original Top Gun <laughs> to anyone uh, involuntarily. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just I have oh, the movies. The movies the are back. The movies, as Vin Diesel said. Yeah, I think, you know, we can wax lyrical all we want about, like, this film. I literally get paid to write words about dumb stuff like this. Uh, no one is ever going to come up with something 
as salient or as insightful as the movie's TM by Ben Diesel. Absolutely. I do desperately want a super yakky t-shirt that says and Val Kilmer on it oh, now. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out to Super Yaki. You'll probably never listen to this podcast, but they do great come movie back, t-shirts. Come back to the UK again, please. <laughs> please, touch the UK again. <laughs> but yeah, we should probably talk about Val Kilmer just to... Just to... A yeah, um, so for those that don't know, Val Kilmer, um, I, I don't know if it was 10 years ago now, but... No, it was, um, it was, it was a while ago. He, he yeah. basically was diagnosed with a, a mouth and throat cancer. And during the operation, you know, for those kind of operations, the head and neck cancer treatments, they end up basically removing a lot of tissue. And, and unfortunately for Val Kilmer, that entailed a lot of body tissue. He lost a lot. Um, so he communicates using one of the... Um, I forget what they're called, but you know he he can't breathe and talk at the same time. He has to. It's a very it's a real struggle. He has to eat through a tube now yeah. and stuff. So um, it means his his voice um, is just not what it was, and for a while it meant that physically his health really declined after after it because yeah. of what happened. To and him. it's a shame because I, I definitely recommend that if you haven't already, you watch the Val documentary that that he did um, with, with obviously a collaboration of different filmmakers. But it was such a beautiful portrait of a guy who you know not only is extremely beautiful in real life, but it's, it, he had a, he always wanted to express himself um, and wasn't able to until, like, you know, he, he basically, like, he... Obviously, he had some amazing roles, but I feel like you, you watch the documentary and you come away with it thinking, you know, even though I had some iconic roles in cinema, I didn't get to do the movie that was, you know, for me as an artist, I didn't get to do the thing that I wanted to do. And just about when he was going to do that, the Mark Twain thing that he was doing it, like a one man show that he was, he was producing and he was going to take it to an actual, you know, Hollywood studio and try and get it made into a film. He got the diagnosis and, and has basically, you know, not been working much since. And it was nice to see him integrated into this movie. And I thought that, there was a lot of genuine warmth with how they treated the character. I was a little bit iffy about, you know, him dying. Um, <laughs> that was the one thing that yeah. was a bit yikes about it. So it is great. They acknowledge that he has um, throat cancer in the movie. And so he speaks using a text-to-speech app um, on his computer. When oh, it's not text-to-speech. It's just text. And then, oh, yes. and then, he, then he actually does talk. Yes. Um, so there's a very sincere moment between him and... I say Maverick, but Tom Cruise, I think, yeah. really, is what that scene's about. It's very much two old actors having a nice time together. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the driving force going into the third act is Iceman dies of the cancer. And I was like, wait a minute, the man's still alive. Let's yeah. not write this into the script. Yeah. Um, so that is that. And the, I think the romance elements for me are the parts where I felt like this is maybe a bit too generic and expected and tropey. Mm-hmm. And especially at the expense of a man's real illness real illness yeah um but it is just so lovely to see him in this in this project um you know i think the last major movie that he was in that i can think of was the snowman which was an absolutely awful movie where Mm. they had to dub all of his lines because his voice wasn't Mm -hmm. wasn't good at all back Mm. then yeah no it's uh it's just i i I love val kilmer anyone who knows me knows how much i rate tombstone and how much i i love his doc holiday and it's just, you know, it's bittersweet to see him on the screen, um, but it's just nice that the the film found the time, the found the time rather to actually honor, you know, his original role in the movie. Well, the, his role in the original movie, which I think is the highlight of the original Top Gun, even if I don't think the film itself is great, um, and to to have it in such a sincere way because, yeah, um, it's just I think it's great that 
as well that Tom Cruise can actually do human emotions as well. Like Tom Tom Cruise, I feel, is a very underrated actor. I think mm. he he's really solid in everything that I I've seen in him. I know he's of course he's been in some duds. You think of like the the Mummy remake they tried to do. Yeah, um, even but... Oblivion, which you know the film, the director of Maverick, Joseph Kaczynski, that was one he did together with him. Yeah, but two of, two of my favorite uh, movies from the past twenty years have been Collateral, where he plays oh, against yeah. type as a, a hitman in that, and he's absolutely fantastic in that movie alongside Jamie Foxx. Highly recommend that. But also um, End of Tomorrow slash Lift I Repeat. He's oh, actually yeah. really good in that as well. I think yeah. the man is just a very, very talented. And, you know, I, I, I feel like every time we talk about it, you have to have the caveat of, oh, regardless of his private life. But <coughs> man, is, man is apparently a very nice person as well. And, you know, there was a thing that came out last year where he had a, a, a big yelling match with a bunch of people on set of Mission Impossible because of um, people breaking COVID safety precautions. And again, it kind of almost links back into this movie where he's shouting at people, you know, we're making a fucking movie. Yeah. We need to take this fucking seriously because he takes movies seriously. Yeah. And, and again, seeing that's... this movie do so well shows, yeah, he wants to bring this back. And I wish a lot more, you know, ta- older talent um, would maybe do more of that. You think of other big movie stars um, of that are still around, that are still doing regular work. Someone like Samuel L. Jackson, who... Outside has not really been in a solid movie for outside of Marvel. Outside for a of while. Marvel for a while, and you see Tom Cruise still doing these really good projects, and it almost feels like he's the one keeping it going. I, my 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 one my major take. Well, it's not my major takeaway. The one thing that I do hope that that studios take away from Top Gun Maverick isn't that you know audiences are just going to go turn out for every legacy sequel that comes out and i don't want that yeah either. exactly like i i don't think that's the right message to take but i think what i think the correct message needs to be taken here is that they made a real fucking movie and that you know there is you can and this isn't me like you know downplaying the efforts of, of people who work in computer generation you know obviously it takes a lot of effort and you know when it's done right it looks amazing and the, the trailer for avatar 2 is a testament to that um, but I do think that I hope people are looking at Top Gun Maverick and looking at the production and its filmic qualities and what that, you know, its success is. It, obviously, I think people have been drawn to this movie because A, military movies always do well, but I'm, tr- I'm struggling to think of a military movie in the West that's released in the past Ten years that, that has that reached actually... the, the the blockbuster. What do you think of heights? like the recent Independence Day oh, God, sequel, yeah. which absolutely bombed because yeah. people just weren't interested? And I think the reason why this has done so so well is because you have Tom Cruise. At, at, well, at that obviously that top that that Independence Day sequel did not have Will Smith. It did not. No, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, and also we haven't even mentioned that the Bill Pullman's son is in this movie. Yes, playing Bob. On honoring the 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 Bill's role in Independence Day where he also flew an F18 yes. on it, I believe. Yes. Um but yeah, I think I think we're about I think this about covers it. Um There was a car, don't worry, there was a car. Oh, there, there was, was a, a classic was Mustang. A, and it was a sexy Porsche. Oh, was it a Porsche? It was, My a, sex, apologies. It was a sexy you, Porsche. You called it a Mustang in the cinema, so no. I'm gonna call you out. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I called no, aha. Yeah. Um, actually, I called the P fifty one Mustang that was in the air, air the air hangar, oh, which, my is a, which is which is the U.S. Army uh, Air Forces uh, chosen fighter aircraft during World War Two, which he's what he flies at the end. Well, regardless, there's a sexy car in this movie, so that quota has also been yeah, ticked totally. Off. Um, um, I yeah, feel like this, some... I'm going to give this five dads out of five. five I gave it, I gave it four dads out of five. Um, 
So oh, I gave it four and a half if I'm being serious. Oh, oh see, see, he's lying on the pod now. No, no, I'm, th- there's a different matchup between stars and dads. Oh, no, no, no. oh, oh I, see, I see, I see, I see, yeah. Um, some of you might still li- like listen to this podcast or have read reviews and, and you might be thinking, there's no way this can it can be that good. And to be fair, me Believe. going into it, Going into it, I thought, like, maybe this is, like, a thing where people are hyping it up. Like, you know, it's like a Cannes situation where they go to the festival, everyone's like, oh, it's incredible, then it comes out and people are like, oh, actually, it's not that hype. Um, And regardless of how much I've talked about how it's tropey in places and, you know, this kind of stuff that you can expect and you might think, like, well, I'm not really into, like, action military movies, so it wouldn't be for me. And it might not, but the spectacle of cinema is back and i think as you said in order to promote really good talent back on the big screen you need to promote either new writers and new talent coming in thinking of the likes of jordan peele off the top of my head mm-hmm. and uh actors like daniel kaluuya um john david washington and people of that ilk and seeing them do so well for themselves i think you either need to promote more of that and have more investment from hollywood in those pictures and really solid writers and directing a uh, talent or you do like this where you get older talent to really invest in bringing everyone in for a good time Look, for the movies in, um I'll, I'll, my other, other thing i'm gonna say before you sign off is that this this makes me even more excited for indiana jones 5 uh, yeah. obviously like no one involved in indiana jones 5 is involved in top gun maverick but if we're going to talk about you know the similar recipe similar ingredients you know you've got harrison ford coming back james mangold don't miss um so yeah hopefully hopefully we get some more good actual filmy films coming to our screen soon but yeah this was the we love dad movies podcast uh i promise i will do the jack ryan movies uh i now have an excuse for not getting the patreon set up and that is the fact that i've been coughing up my lungs for approximately six, six days now which has not been fun but it will be done this weekend uh that is my solemn vow to you all as uh, a top gun pilot if not they can hang you out to dry because you said that their film suggestions were bad yeah that that is also true you can hang i don't know how they do that um i don't know they just dox you oh don't do that wait that that means they dox me because i live with you (laughs) oh no wow uno card (laughs) um yeah this this has been the the current longest episode of the we love dad movies podcast um please let me know your thoughts on top gun maverick on twitter you can reach me at Ewan Ruins Things, and you can reach the podcast at We Love Dad Movies. And also, please feel free to shout out recommendations uh, for future episodes if you have them. I have an endless list of films I want to cover, so chances are if you shout something out, it's going to get covered anyway. And uh, who knows? Maybe if you if a particular request for a given movie is is you know shared by more than one person, then maybe we'll get to that sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, I have been Ewan, uh, and this has been Zan. Hello. Oh, we can you can check us out on Letterboxd as well. Yeah, follow us on Letterboxd. Take my breath away. Do, do. Don't know the song by the chorus. Do, do. That's literally all it is. See you later. Bye. <laughs>